This is the 77 WABC minicast. Pulitzer Prize winning columnist Michael Goodwin. Uh, Michael, uh, you wrote a really powerful column essentially saying, don't go wobbly, Joe Biden. Explain why uh, moral clarity is needed more than ever now. Well, thank you, Rita. Um, Yes, I think the president started out very strong in Israel's corner, but increasingly you hear more and more talk of the necessity for Israel to be careful with civilians. And I believe that uh, perhaps a turning point came when uh, the president opposed the General Assembly at the U.N., the resolution calling for a ceasefire, a resolution that never mentioned the Hamas attack. The United States uh, very strongly voted against it, but we were only one of 14 countries to do so, Israel being one of the others. Uh, 120 countries voted for it, and I think that probably was something of a reminder to the president that uh, America was becoming isolated uh, in its support of Israel. And, of course, the left wing of the Democratic Party has uh, got an anti-Semitic caucus in it, and it's got a lot of uh, anti-Israel uh, uh, votes in it. And it's, I think the president is getting scared. I think he's seeing the American isolation and also seeing his political uh, opponents within his own party beating up on him. And so I think that these two factors are conspiring to give him the willies about uh, supporting Israel unconditionally. And I think it's a mistake. I think that you cannot ask Israel to stop halfway. You cannot ask Israel to let Hamas survive. So uh, the civilians are being killed because Hamas will not let them leave Gaza. And Hamas uses them as human shields. And you cannot ask Israel to stop so that Hamas can survive. But, but Michael, the effect of it. Where, is, where is the moment of, you know, and I, I think about some of the, the great presidents we've had in history who would stand up there and say, don't touch the hair of a single American. All I keep hearing from this president is don't. And I'm sorry, don't isn't a strong word when you're dealing with monsters and savages on the other end. Well, you know, and Rita, you raise a really good point, which is that there are American hostages and that there are American city citizens trying to get out of Gaza who can't. Hamas won't let them out. So this is not just Israel's war. It is our war, too. Now, I'm not suggesting that we go in and start bombing, but I think a little more tough talk, as you suggest, is certainly appropriate. I mean, the president acts as though he's trying to have it both ways here, that he doesn't want to offend the the left and he does and he always wants to be careful about using the word civilian i mean you if you listen to any briefing from the white house or see any interview uh it's always we remind israel the the rules of war the laws of war as though israel is just going in there to try to kill as many civilians as possible i mean this is all for show this is all for joe biden to be the the um the sensitive one, the sensible one. Uh, And, you know, foolishly, he keeps talking about a two-state solution as though that's even within the realm of possibility, given what uh, Hamas did from Gaza. Michael, it's it's Richard Weinberg. Good to talk to you again. You you pointed out in your column a couple other points, which I thought were very instructive. One, weakness 
What happens with weakness? Weakness only emboldens your enemies, which would be Iran or China and Russia. And two, it undermines the confidence our allies have in our willingness to do the tough stuff. Could you comment on that? Yes. Look, I think I think if he blinks, if Biden blinks in his support of Israel, there are a number of consequences. Uh, All of them. it, It would be it would be a great gift to Russia, to China, to Iran. Uh, I think it would scare other allies like like Saudi Arabia. Uh, I think uh, countries all over the world would begin to recalibrate if America is going to voluntarily surrender its role of global leadership. Uh, I think that we would then be drawn into even more conflict. I mean, this is one of my consistent criticisms of President Biden is that the old Roman adage that if you want peace, prepare for war. Well, he's always preparing for peace and he's getting war. Yeah, weakness. Uh, and Michael Goodwin, of course, of the New York Post. Uh, we have a question from the great Congressman Peter King. Hey, Michael, it's always great talking with you. Do you see any hope for the American media? Do we just have to assume they're going to be on the wrong side for the duration of this war? I mean, I think it's incredible when you're watching television. All you're hearing is about, you know, dead uh, Palestinian kids, all the civilians are being killed. It's almost like October 7th never happened. Right. No, look, I think I think you're spot on, Pete, because that is uh, that is part of the pressure that Biden is feeling uh, when The New York Times continues to feature, you know, the casualty numbers that the Gazan Health Ministry puts out. Uh, that's pressure on Biden. Now, I thought it was brave of the president to say the other day, I have no faith in the numbers put out by the by the Gazans themselves. Uh, nonetheless, the media does. The media uses them and they keep trumpeting them. And it, it does take a toll. It, it, I think it takes a toll on the president, on the White House. It begins to feel beleaguered. It begins to feel like it's got a problem. It's got to separate from Israel to get away from this. And I think that's that's the impact it's having. And, of course, we can never forget the presidential election. That's always factoring in. Uh, Michael, this is George Pataki, and uh, thank you for your columns. And um, I just uh, – far be it for me, but I've got to suggest a column for you before this weekend. <laughs> Secretary Blinken is going over to Israel to meet with Netanyahu. This terrifies me. And it terrifies me because of exactly what you said, that uh, that Biden is heading into a presidential election. He's worried about the media uh, focusing on civilian casualties. He's working on his left wing of his own party, criticizing him. Uh, and if I were to write a column this weekend, I'd start out to, to Secretary Blinken, don't do it. Uh, don't lean on Netanyahu to slow down or stop or take half a loaf, because I am terrified that the mission this weekend is not to say, stay strong, baby. It's to, hey, wait a second. You got to think twice. Well, I think you're right, Governor, that 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 is why he's going. It's to reinforce all of these concerns that the Americans have. Uh, and look, I, I really think that Netanyahu is not going to bend over for this because I, I think that he can't. Uh, he's got he's got the opposite imperative of what Biden is facing now. His imperative is he's got to finish Hamas. He cannot look his country in the eye if he doesn't. He will be he will be forever uh, stained by this uh, by this attack already that happened on his watch. And if he doesn't finish Hamas, uh, 
he will go down in history as 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 a villain for the for Israel, I think. So he's got to finish the job here. And so he's not much of a diplomat, uh, Netanyahu. Uh, and I, but I think he's got to resist. And I suspect there will be a really tense conversation with Blinken. Well, thank you, uh, Michael Goodwin, and star reporter of the New York Post. And uh, we'll catch up with you again real good. Keep telling the people the truth. Thank you, John. My pleasure. Thanks to all of you. Thanks, Michael.